calling all Danes and Fellas Kids for Sports 10th Annual Wine Fest Charity Event. It will be held at Wolf Creek Golf Club on Friday, September 22nd, 2023 at 5 o'clock p.m. Come have a roaring good time experiencing various wines, exquisite food, great entertainment, and fabulous prizes. Theme is 1920s era. Best dressed wins a prize, but it is not required. Reserve your tickets or table now at 702-345-6707. All proceeds from the event go to Kids for Sports, helping children since 2014. Virgin Valley Artists Association welcomes you to the Art Box, recorded in our beautiful Mesquite, Nevada, and sponsored by the Virgin Valley Artists Association. Our association has something for everyone of all ages. Come and get creative with us at 15 West Mesquite Boulevard, or find us online at mesquitefineartcenter.com, or on Facebook as Mesquite Fine Art Center, also on Facebook, the Art Box. Hey, Steve, how are you today? I'm great, Linda. How about you? I'm doing fantastic. I'm so excited. Sitting right next to me is... Corey Clementson, yes. Okay. Owner of Wolf Creek Golf Course, which puts Mesquite on the map. It's one of the top courses in the nation. People come from everywhere to play it because of the scenic views and the challenging course. Right, Corey? Uh, That would be correct. And uh, the great people we have every day that are making uh, Wolf Creek the ultimate golf experience. So it's uh, quite an adventure being the owner and an honor and a privilege, uh, along with my brother, Chad, who co-owns the course with me. So how did Wolf Creek come to be? Was it your father that developed it? or uh, He started it. He was more of a passive investor and uh, with uh, another guy that, that came, was in town and... Uh, you know, it's, it was uh, kind of a story of a turnaround story, how my brother and I got involved. You know, the business was uh, struggling early on, early growing pains of getting the course started. And, and maybe, you know, my dad was more of a passive investor and the, the leadership at the time may have not been the best as uh, we like to look back on it now. Of course, early on had surprisingly some financial difficulties as not many people have really known about it. And just like in all new businesses, uh, they were starting out a lot of trial and error, um, some other things that probably were going on that weren't too good from the day-to-day operations, and ultimately created an opportunity for my brother and I to step in and buy the golf course and kind of turn it all around. I was a, at the time, I was a sports agent based in Los Angeles, California. Brother was a real estate broker in San Francisco, uh, California. You know, we had, we'd kind of heard stories about a little bit about from our parents um, at the time, you know, where some, the course was struggling. And as, as we got involved, we saw that there was an opportunity. And ultimately, my brother and I came in and bought the golf course. Um, it actually was out of bankruptcy, surprisingly. And a lot of people had, 
you know, at the time locally questioned whether we would be able to turn it around. For us, it's been um, looking back on it over 20 plus years now. It's it's a source of pride kind of when everybody's doubting you and the people in the room that you know you're you're looking at the new the new people in the room they don't know you and they're they're looking at you for leadership and trust and you got to tell people when things uh, aren't going so well you got to believe me it's going to happen brother and I are really proud um, looking back on it you know it, Wolf Creek has far exceeded our expectations and just what we thought it would be it's it's been it's been um, beyond our dreams of where we've been. I mean, where we've come to now, um, where the course is recognized all over the world. It's been really something. And 20 years ago, Mesquite was quite different, right? Quite a bit smaller? Oh, yes. It was, uh, well, we had town about in season. You know, they would throw out numbers. I think sometimes, like, the city wanted to make it seem like it was bigger than it was mm -hmm. back then in hopes of attracting people. And there was lots of hope that it would be the Palm Springs of Nevada when we first came to town. That's what I heard a lot of. In truth, at the time, there was probably only about 9,000 people who lived here year round. And, you know, during the season when the snowbirds were here, you get up to 12, 14, 15,000. And obviously, um, and we're talking about just for time for, for your listeners, 2002, 2003, 2004 timeframe. But over with the boom that happened shortly thereafter, and as time has grown now, as we're, we're almost surprisingly into 2024, you know, Mesquite's a lot larger than it was. At the time, there was still a lot of golf courses being built for a very small community at the time. Mm -hmm. So it was a little, golf was a risky proposition back then, you know, a, a lot, lot worse then than it is now. It's, uh, you know, Mesquite's grown quite a bit in a good way. And you've had quite famous golfers at your course, right? I know Tiger Woods is one. Who else has been there? Well, Tiger, the golf game actually, EA Sports had featured us um, in two, beginning in 2008 and put us in the Tiger Woods video game, I think. And that oh. was, you know, that, yeah, but we've had, I'll go through some of the names in a second, but we've, you know, the, the game has been um, incredible for us. And EA Sports, over the, the course of time, their golf, they call it their golf title, has been, of all the golf games that are out there in the, online or the online, not online, just not online, but the plat various platforms, your Xbox or PlayStations, uh, EA Sports Golf title has always been number one. It, it's uh, several million people a year play it. 80% are usually hardcore golfers. And that's great for us to be one of, you know, usually between 20 and 30 courses in the game. But to answer your question, Linda, we've been, we've had, you know, Jordan Spieth when he was the number one golfer in the world was out here um, shooting uh, with Under Armour, a photo shoot. Mm -hmm. uh, we've had Padraig Harrington. We've had Gary Woodland before he won a few majors. We've had, gosh, golfers. We've had Carson Wentz. We've recent, he's a, you know, recent NFL quarterback out here. We've had Kobe Jones, who's a legendary soccer player for the United States national team I'm out here on a regular basis. We've had Ray Allen, great shooting forward guard in the NBA, and also the star of He Got Game, if you follow the old Spike Lee movie. So we've had, I mean, there's a, there's lots of celebrities that come out and frequent it. Uh, Kurt Russell's been out here. So we've been fortunate in that regard. So I could probably give you a lot of lists, but those are just to name a few. Wow, that's pretty amazing, isn't it, Steve? Yeah, incredible. And I, I like, I have a quote for you. You said, every course has a signature hole. We have 18 of them. Wow. So I love that. And going back to signature holes, I remember when we lived in Florida, it was, I think, the 17th at TPC Sawgrass. 
Sure. Okay. And another is like Quarter Lane with the, the floating green. The, the floating green. My husband's a golfer, and I remember when we lived in Missouri, he was playing Wolf Creek online on that game. Wow. <laughs> so, yes. Is Wolf Creek really a golf course? We get that a lot. Being out here over the years, there's always a lot of incredible stories. I remember one time I was on a, it was probably a Saturday. I was out here in Saturday morning and, and because I'm probably, this is gosh, probably eight, 10 years ago, they probably don't think I was a lot, you know, I was early forties or mid thirties when we owned the golf course, but we would have, when, we, when the Tiger Woods game came, we had people literally, I remember one gentleman drove he said he got, you know, drove from Salt Lakes, just got finished playing EA Sports in the morning with Wolf Creek. It was his favorite course on the game, and he was so inspired, he drove from Salt Lake to Mesquite <laughs> and called for a tea time on the way. And I remember listening to this with our starters on hole number one. He didn't know who I was. I was just kind of sitting. He was just, and he was talking to one of our starter, which is the guy that starts you and tells mm -hmm. you, you know, have a great day and, you know, gives you the insight on the course. And he said, you know, the starter said, so, son, have you, have you played Wolf Creek before? He goes, I played the video game. I just want to know one thing. Is it, is it just, is it real? Is it just, is it better on the game or in real? And, and of course, we'll always tell you it's better in real life. Mm -hmm. So come on out to it. So <laughs> that's a great story. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can't smell the fresh mowed grass at the game <laughs> no. you know, where you can at the golf course. The reviews also mention, in addition to the course, they mention a fantastic staff. Yes, it's, um, you know, they're the best. Uh, my brother and I are really proud of the people that really make Wolf Creek go every day. And it starts, you know, from the first time you call in, we have our Wolf Creek Vacation staff. It's a department that books your tea times and does stay and play packages. Not only books you at Wolf Creek um, and your hotel, which is our partner, the Eureka uh, Hotel, but also goes out and uh, puts you on other courses in the Mesquite area and St. George area. And um, then it, you know, translates when you come to the course, people greet you with a smile. We have great looking pro golf shop. We have great people outside. We have really world-class food, this type of stuff, type of food that you probably see if you go to Bandon Dunes or Pebble Beach or Kohler, Wisconsin. We spend, um, we don't really cheap anything at Wolf Creek. Um, the thing that we've always, when we took over the course, we decided that we really wanted to become the ultimate golf experience. And we spend a lot of time every every year reminding ourselves when we do executive offsite meetings, talking about what that means and making sure that people that come, they have a great experience. And what we've heard over and over again is, you know, and we talk about all the time in our staff meetings and our, our annual meetings is it's such a special place when people book your course a year or two years out, and this is their vacation. This is what they've been waiting for and how important to value that and what an honor that is that they come from, you know, not just the state of great state or a great state here in Nevada, but they come from Florida. They come from Wisconsin. They come from Texas. They come from Wyoming. I've been here where we've had people from Serbia, Australia, China, Japan, you know, where we need interpreters. I mean, it's really incredible. And so our staff does a credible job of making people feel welcome. They realize how important Wolf Creek is to not only the golfing community, but really 
the Mesquite and St. George and this this whole region's economy because so many people come from all over the world and they get to experience our great community here. And Wolf Creek's a big driving force in people getting to know Mesquite. And we hope people stay, that they say, what a great place to live and people are friendly and we hope Wolf Creek's a leader in helping that happen. How do you motivate your staff? I wish they could say they always listen to me, but, <laughs> but I think we've over time found the right people that have really bought into the vision. Early on, it was a trust thing. You know, when we took over, I mentioned earlier, things were a little bumpy. We said what we said was going to happen. We marketed in a way. We made, said, look, you can build something special. And then what's happened more in, in I would say, modern Wolf Creek times, I feel like I'm now the not just the co-owner of the course, but really feel like the company historian here because, you know, I've been here so long. We've owned it over 20 years is the people that we're attracting now that want to work at Wolf Creek, they, you don't have to tell them what it's about. I think when they walk in the door, they understand the expectations and how we treat our guests, how we treat our ourselves, the respect that we have, the teamwork that's done with our group every day and day in and day out. And they understand that it's a responsibility and they're kind of stewards in time. I mean, this is Wolf Creek's a unique golf course. You don't see this you know, anywhere. And that's how my brother and I, we realize that in a lot of ways, you know, we're stewards of the course and goal is to protect it, sure that it's it's unique, that it's always, you know, the uniqueness is kept to the best that we can. We can't control everything, but the people that are here every day operating it understand that too, that it's a, a little bit of a responsibility that they have. And um, we see that. And we've been fortunate to keep a lot of our employees for, I mean, we have several employees that are over 10 years and that uh, means the world to them. And that's key. It, it really is. It's a special, and I, I don't mean that. I've had people that have worked for us that are no longer here talk about they want to spend you know their last days, and I don't mean to get a little bit so, you know, somber about it, but they feel like that this is so important to them of what it meant to work at Wolf Creek. And that really has a tremendous impact on you as an, as an owner of a golf course when you have people that it means that much to and the standard that you have to consistently live up to and uh, realize that you're, you're sh even though you co-own the course, you're sharing it too with people and the special memories that it provides so many. So it's been, a like I said, incredible ride to be part of Wolf Creek Golf Club. It's yeah, it sounds like a job at Wolf Creek is not just a job. No, it's uh, people are passionate about it. And when we uh, you see that every day and, and it's neat to see, you don't see that in every... Yeah, every job, frankly. No, you don't. How did COVID affect? You know, obviously, uh, COVID, when it started, was, uh, like everything, was one of the most challenging times in the history of Wolf Creek. It was obviously, like every business in the country, it came fast. It was all new territory for everybody. You didn't, you were in the unknown. We focused on, number one, safety. Safety of the people that work for us. That was really important. Then safety of our guests. We made decisions at the time. We were a resort course. Initially, the governor, I think, shut it down. Then he let golf come back for about 10 days, and then he shut it down again. You know, we stayed shut the entire time until the until Governor Sisolak lifted the, what I forget what the ordinance was, but he allowed the golf to come back. 
And I just remember Wolf Creek playing. I know I sit on the Golf Course um, Industry Alliance and the Golf Course Owner Association boards. And we were, I mean, it was the most, usually you get about 30 courses to these meetings. We had over, you know, over 100 people to 200 people. And we were leading the uh, charge. And, and basically, Wolf Creek, amongst about four or five other courses in the state, were really the ones that were communicating with the governor's office through our lobbyist. It was a crazy time. And I just remember we had uh, on the employee front, we were with people in our staff that, you know, it was the hardest day I think I've ever had as an owner. I'll just say this, letting go over 60 people on that morning. It was something that I will never forget. It was an awful feeling. Um, But at the same time, the exhilarating feeling was to watch the people that were there rally and care so much about the people that were let go unfairly, that through no fault of their own, we had people rallying, doing food baskets. We had, for employees, we had people that showed the most kindness and and greatest example of leadership and reaching out and going the extra mile. We had our food and beverage staff was just unbelievable. They had uh, meals of $4. They kept it to the lowest possible for the regular staff. And in some cases, when families fell on really hard times, because you, know, you remember, you were trying to get employment checks and stuff, stuff wasn't happening and coming there was families that were living on savings just to be able to go to the grocery store. You know, our, our chef and his t- chef, Alan Maldonado, and his team uh, provided meals for families. And it was, uh, you saw the best in people too. And it was uh, neat to, to see that. We yeah. have a community that supports each other, don't we? I would like to believe so, yes. While you had to shut down, that didn't mean you shut down. You still had grass to cut every day. You still had the infrastructure to keep up. Yeah, I think people a lot of times think, well, you should shut down. It's not, I mean, there's a lot of things that go into it. We had a, obviously, well, we'll just use the term skeleton crew. You know, normally, we employ in peak season, that's what it was, between 90 and 100 people. And we were down to about 15 to 17. Wow. Um, on that day, we had to shut it down. Was um, We had guests that were stranded from the Midwest, that their plane flights were canceled. They were through no fault of anybody's. The hotels were forced to kick them out as guests. And I remember um, our team making phone calls for these folks, trying to find travel arrangements and cooking meals for folks. And you know, to be to be at that time, we probably broke a rule. The governor wanted to shut down at you know noon. There was no way we could do that. We kept people golfing till about four or five while we were trying to get their golf groups home. You know, and uh, on flights. And that was I was out here for all that. And it was just like full operation doing that. But again, the people at Wolf Creek rose to the occasion like they always do. It was, it, it's you, you see, like I said, it's it's tough times. We always see maybe the best in people, and and we saw a lot of that too. Corey, did you grow up playing golf? No. I grew up playing basketball, which is oh, my dad's okay. first love. But uh, I uh, no, I did not. <laughs> I play golf now. I don't think it's great golf, but I play. Oh, okay. So, well, you bought a basketball. And can I call you coach? Uh, you uh, you can call me coach. Yes, you can. I'm, I'm a coach. So you want to talk a little bit about? Kids for sports. I'm sure we'll talk about that. But in my spare time, I really enjoy coaching kids. I've had the pleasure of coaching, uh, you know, basketball. I played, I was fortunate enough to, I think, barely be good enough is probably the right word to say it, to play Division One college basketball when I was growing up. My dad spent a lot of time always coaching myself and my brother's teams. Uh, that had a huge impact on us and uh, obviously other coaches that we had had. 
And it really, you know, I remember growing up, there wasn't a team my dad didn't coach. Even if he didn't know the sport, he was coaching it. Of course, when our kids were younger and they were of the age, we coached every team. And ultimately, um, it led us to coach, uh, me coach uh, travel club basketball, which led to a coaching job in Reno, uh, which recently, since my family is going to go be going back and forth from New Jersey, I'm now a new coach back in New Jersey coaching high school basketball. So I've been doing a lot of it, and it's been a lot of fun. But it, it's uh, the most rewarding thing you can have, I think, is when you coach kids. It's at all levels, too. You see kids that uh, they, you can see them try to reach their full potential or do something they didn't think they could do and, and achieve. And, and not just achieve because they need to score the most or have the most, but achieve in the best way they can, be the best they can. And then you see kids that really learn and they grow up in their maturity level. They, they come to you when they're a freshman or sophomore and they're kind of, to be frank, a little bit like a knucklehead. You know, I always call it, you know, but then you see the maturity grow and they're being great teammates and they're being leaders. And even though you might be tough on them occasionally, they realize it that they're better people when they're done. So there's just so many great parts about coaching and giving back and seeing kids, young kids grow and becoming better people. And that's probably the most rewarding for me is that aspect of it. So that's what I love about it. And uh, there's always fun. The strategic side of basketball is great too, but uh, I enjoy coaching quite a bit. And it only gets better. Because you know, a lot of my players now are in their 40s and 50s, and I still get called coach. Are you what, which which sport each coach? I coach football and football? ice hockey. That's awesome. And they're still calling me coach, and I'm still friends with their parents. And I always looked at it as um, it just wasn't the the players; it was the family. Yeah, yeah. I think it's definitely it. And uh, yeah, and it's it's amazing to see kids, you know, and and the and the parents. And even the parents, when the parents first come out, they're all we're all nervous as parents. And being a parent that, that's uh, you know has kids that play, you know, athletics, you get to kind of see it. And then you see when the parents, you tell them, hey, this is what's going to happen, and it does, and they exceed and they excel. And the parents just kind of like the, that feeling watching their their son or daughter, you know, do something amazing. That's a great feeling when you see the expressions on their face. It's just uh, it's awesome. So it is, win or lose. That's so, right. Wardlow Hartridge. Wardlow Hartridge. Yeah, you did your homework. I yeah. did my homework here. <laughs> the Rams. So, And I was going to say, so are you going to move to New Jersey? But it sounds like you've already got something going in New Jersey. I'm, I'm already um, – well, I'm the new coach. It's a great a top 100 school. You know, my wife's family's back there, and uh, our kids have an interest in, in potentially going to college back on the East Coast. So when we were back there just looking at the finished kids finishing out their high school – you know, I didn't realize the. I just showed up as a parent, and then Wardlaw had done a lot of research on me. I was asking their athletic director, who's a great guy named Mike Romeo, just a terrific guy. Really, he was a coach at Rutgers and uh, super guy. And I was surprised at the detail that they had, the research they had done. It's a great school. It's got, it's just got tremendous academics. It's got a rising interest. They've got very good sports. They have very good facilities. Um, they got a great community. Their basketball team just struggled a lot last year. It's a smaller school by most schools, you know, and I come from my kids were at a small school in, in Reno for a while. We turned around that program. You know, they said, you know, can you do the same thing here? So we're in the middle of doing that for the next few years. We'll see where it leads. I know our family's excited and it's, uh, we're lucky to be a part of Wardlaw Hartridge. So we're excited about that. Yeah, well, we'll be following along. Thank That's you. Great. No, it's going to be a yeah, Nevada coach. Everyone looks at me and, 
Like, what's this so far? It's like, what's this Nevada guy doing in New Jersey? <laughs> so I'm going to represent. I'm going to represent the, the, the silver and blue. So where do you pick up your staff at? Obviously, you can't bring your staff from from Reno, or maybe. Well, I have one guy that's coached me, a guy named Clarence Morgan. He had trained um, some of the best NBA. He trained me when I was a kid, and he retired from coaching, and I brought him to coach with me in Reno. And he really was inspirational to me, being able to make Division One college basketball. And he had been an assistant on the Belize national team. He had trained folks like Baron Davis. I mean, some of the leading, former leading NBA stars. He put a lot of kids, got a lot of kids to places just from his teaching and positivity to the collegiate level. And so I didn't think he would go, you know, I got him to come to Northern Nevada. Then, you know, we decided to, to take the East Coast run and he's joining me. So it'll be... Uh, It'll be really great um, to have him, and I, it's like I always say: the the assistant coach probably knows more than the head coach, but that's probably a good sign. So. Yeah, boy, that's nice to keep some staff together. Yeah. So the next stop is Rutgers. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, there's a lot of pressure back there to win. You East Coast fans, you're learning real quick. There, there's uh, they want to get they get they're they're probably a little more impatient than Nevadans, but. Uh, you know, we'll yeah, see. There might be some times, hopefully not, when you're offered a one-way ticket back to Reno. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that's less than more. I hope that's not, not very often. Corey, you have an event every year for the kids in Mesquite, Kids for Sports. Would you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. Um, it's the Kids for Sports Foundation. My brother and I started it along with our Wolf Creek team. Back in the idea was generated in 2013. I think you're talking about the wine fest, but I'll give you a little bit of background on the foundation. The foundation was started. We were at an executive, our annual retreat meeting that we do offsite. Uh, we were at overlooking TPC Summerlin. I remember the morning, and we were Wolf Creek gets approached or year round about always contributing to various charities. I and mean, when we get, can you get us a golf certificate? Can you do a package? Can you do something? And we talked about community service and what we could do, what could be our own charity? Because we had, we donated to so many different types of charities at the time. And this was, again, you're right after the uh, recession. And so we went around the room and, and somebody had said, well, Corey, my son has to bring a couple dollars every time to practice because that way they need to be able to pay for the lights to be turned on um, oh, wow. here in Mesquite. And it's expensive. So the team had to put in their, I think, their allotment or whatever for their club so they could give the money to the city to turn on lights. And this was Mesquite was hit hard, as everybody remembers back then. We looked at it. My brother and I looked at each other and we said, we just were flabbergasted. We said, boy, you know, you have to pay to practice to turn on the lights to pay to practice. And so... That really, at that moment, that kicked around the idea of helping kids play sports. And we came up with a Kids for Sports Foundation with our executive team. You know, at the time, you know, early leaders were Kathy Busman and Nancy Hewitt. You know, they were involved with that in the very first year. And I think Darren Stanek was, too, our general manager at the time. 2000, so we came up with the idea that in 2014, we, had this, we used to have these political forums in Mesquite. They were quite popular. People would come up and they could, when we, had, we used to have, I think a lot of people might have forgotten, we had three newspapers at the time that were pretty active. 
which made things interesting and fun. And so we used to have them host political forums. And during a political forum, it was a mayor's, maybe it was a mayor's forum. We had an announcement that Wolf Creek was going to start the Kids for Sports Foundation. And we had just thinking, you know, myself, I go, we'll probably get five, you know, we're going to, we had $5,000 Wolf Creek was going to contribute that night. And I had a big check made up and we were going to do it. And, you know, I didn't expect really, to be honest, and it was nothing towards anybody. I said, hey, we're going to start this foundation. Didn't expect anyone to contribute. And we did that. And in that, right when I, we laid out the check, the check was like people had doubled it, you know, and almost tripled it right there and wow. then. And said, I'll be in, I'll be in, I'll be in. And then we put together a group and we started the Kids for Forts Sports Foundation. So today we've we've just, I think we're about 700. I didn't get the figures today, but we're typically, we're, we're around the 700 uh, grants that we've given kids. We donate, you know, for kids' registrations. You, you know, if you sign up for Little League and you can't afford a parent because, you know, youth sports is expensive, we, we can help you with that. If you sign up for, you know, a club soccer team, you don't have the money to travel, we can help you with that. If you need equipment, um, we can help you with that. We've helped teams, uh, volleyball teams, basketball teams. We support the Mesquite Magic here locally, special to my brother and I, because we do a lot of club basketball. We they they I think they've received a, I think the largest individual grant or as a team grant, ten thousand dollars last year from us. So it's about seven hundred kids who received grants. So we've had, I think, close to a couple hundred thousand three hundred thousand dollars, I wanna say. You know, we've had a couple hundred thousand dollars that we've already given out of those grants. Uh, we've raised a couple hundred thousand that we've given about two hundred or three hundred out. So it's been growing in popularity, and um, we have the Wine Fest coming up on September 22nd, and it's uh, one of two events that we do every year. We do a golf tournament, and we do a Wine Fest, and uh, a, Wine Fest has become very popular. This year will be our largest Wine Fest ever um, in terms of size. We're, we're, uh, oh, we usually have to turn a lot of people away every year, but it's a lot of, uh, you see a lot of influencers in the community um, that have been very supportive of it. We're incredibly grateful. And then you have a lot of folks that are just dull parts that really support um, youth sports and want to give back that are there. And so uh, this year will be special because we're honoring um, Kids for Sports, uh, former board members who have recently passed that have been uh, major contributors in a positive way to the city of Mesquite. Uh, Sandra Raymaker, Ernie Hoffman, and Bob Shively that have all done great things and dedicated their a good portion of their lives, at least recent years, last decade or two, to, to Mesquite. And, and, don't, and, and so it's going to be a great event, and we're excited about it. Turning toward the future, um, what excites you about Wolf Creek and Mesquite and Kids for Sports? What I would say excites me about Wolf Creek is I think what's been neat for me as a, as a co-owner of the course, and I know, you know, over time, sometimes you get in the bubble, inside the bubbles, you're building a company and you don't take time to really appreciate maybe the recognition and the notoriety it's been getting. And again, I'm, you know, I play a... A, a, you know, I would say everybody in our organization plays a role in making that happen. And there's been people that have played a role in that happened that either moved on to another company or are no longer here. So it's uh, it's incredible. It's always, um, to me, incredible. I was telling a story to my staff at uh, Wolf Creek, I think probably 
about a month ago or two months ago, I was sitting in a Logan airport with my wife, Deb. We're sitting there waiting to get on a flight from Boston to Charlotte last September. Just I had Wolf Creek backpack. It's, not, it's like, a, I think I just love all the stuff we, Trent Chapman, our general manager gets, is just always has great merchandise that he gets. He's just, just terrific at it. But, uh, this guy comes up to me and he just says, have you played that course? <laughs> Man. And this isn't going back to Nevada. It's not going to Las Vegas. It's not going. It's going to Boston. Okay, Logan Airport, Charlotte, North Carolina. And he's like, man, let me tell you. He goes, me and my buddies travel out there and it's the greatest course. I played it on Tiger Woods. And have you played? I would think most people expect, okay, in Nevada, I might see that. It's, uh, I, I've been all over the country and it's always, it's it hits me, I think now more than it has in the past when I see people at a grocery store or I'll be, you know, my brother-in-law will call me. My brother-in-law showed me this last week back in New Jersey. I mean, he's got a picture of a guy wearing a Wolf Creek. I think it was uh, a recent picture at, you know, you had the Masters or whatever, and the guy's got a Wolf Creek shirt. There's another person, an NBA game, you know, with a Wolf Creek shirt on, and it's like in Atlanta, and you're going, wow. You know, you're just sitting there going, the amount of people that know it. So that's great. I think in the future, Wolf Creek, what's, what's always incredible is what's Las Vegas doing in the sports arena? I think um, sports has, you know, pandemic, we talked a little bit about earlier. The beginning was really tough. What turned out to be positive was that people really rediscovered golf. Again, because it was the one sport you could get outside. People realized that never put a club in their hands. Wow, this was great. And they you know, maybe got outside a little more because, you know, they were so cooped up. And I think that really helped not only us, but helped everybody here in town. What I see what's great for, for Mesquite and I think Las Vegas in general is that with with the emphasis of all these incredible sporting events that you have from March Madness, that you have um, the pre-conference tournaments to obviously the success of the Vegas Knights that we've seen Stanley Cup champs. Uh, we've also the Raiders being in town. Now we have Formula One. We have the Super Bowl next year. I mean, the Super Bowl is going to be great for every, you know, great for golf. Um, there's no doubt it's great for obviously, you know, Southern Nevada and uh, what an opportunity for everyone. So professional sports, the collegiate sports that have come to town have really helped golf because a lot of the people that visit here whether they're in Las Vegas or not, they come out to Mesquite for two or three days. If they're playing on a Sunday, you might come out and play Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and go back into town or Vegas for a hard, you know, and watch the Raiders play, you know, maybe the Philadelphia Eagles or something that are traveling out here. There's a lot of Eagle fans regionally. So that's certainly um, the growth of professional sports has really helped. I'm looking forward to that. Wolf Creek, you know, we always have capital projects. I don't really look forward to that because it's a lot of time and money. Uh, to be spent, but um, just the continued success and the notoriety and what we've been able to achieve as a company, it's been really rewarding to watch that over the years. It's been a, it's a special group of people, and um, to be part of that has been great. I know my brother and I are really proud, like I said, I mean, all the exciting things ahead, but we certainly have been excited to see where it started with us years ago, where it was really a bumpy time to seeing where it is. It's been uh, quite remarkable. So it sounds like the one thing that could help you would be more daylight. Sure. Yeah. We had like extra hours every year. You need always extra hours in the day. Um, but uh, we've got great, you know, bar menu too. When we get back in season, we've got a great, 
you know, Diana just does a great job in food and beverage for us. And, uh, you know, I'm sure your local user, she's makes tremendous cocktails and got our staff and food's fantastic. And so I'm proud of, it. as you can tell, I'm very biased, of course. Oh, absolutely. Of course. Absolutely. You should be proud of it. And one of the things I really like about Wolf Creek is that it's accessible to just about everybody. The price doesn't push it out of range for people wanting to come and play. Well, that's a great point. You know, sometimes it used to be that our prices people thought were high, but we just got named, I think, the top number fourth in the country of top courses that were most affordable. I don't I never saw that category, but it was in all the news recently in Southern Nevada. I had all these people sending this to me and I was like, wow, where is that? And it was it was uh, I think it was one of the publications, Golf Digest or whatever, but they we were ranked TPC Summerlin was ranked 10th and we were ranked fourth. But it was great that the evening news and several different news stations, I think, picked that up. And it was uh, terrific. We're honored and flattered. So it's great. It is. It's wonderful. My husband wanted to play Pebble Beach. That was kind of a, on his bucket list. So we looked at that. I, I said, that would be great. Let's go ahead. I know it's pricey. We found out you had to stay three nights there. Oh, yeah. And to be able to play, and by the time we finished looking at it, it was like ten thousand dollars. Yeah, you almost have to take out a new mortgage. I know <laughs> it was like, and that's what I just love about Wolf Creek for such a beautiful course and a wonderful experience. It's affordable. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Corey, the golfer, hole in one, ever. I wouldn't bet on multiple. I wouldn't bet on it. That's something I would. I mean, that would be a long shot. Uh, Corey, the golfer, if he's at 85, he's got the biggest smile, shoots 85 that ever imagined because it's like it happens rarely. Um, but uh, I'm a golf enthusiast. That's the way I describe myself. I mean, I if I play a couple days in a row, then I'm really happy. But uh, one of the unfortunate secrets about being a golf course owner is you really don't play as much golf as you'd think because when we come out here we're in meetings running running the business for me when we took over my wife and i at first when we were starting with wolf creek we went to just see how we could make it a great experience we visited all these great golf courses like my wife thought i was the greatest boyfriend ever we're going to hawaii <laughs> we're going to you know all these different places like wow this is great i go well this is it was all you know Writing it off on the business expense, Arizona, and uh, we would go out and we'd visit these incredible golf courses. But we were really just looking at what they do well from a service component. Call it down home four seasons at Wolf Creek with our staff, but it was more of you know not being stuffy, but being professional and and first class, but not being stuffy and intimidating. To me, what I always enjoy is the experience because if you have a great experience in business. You know, you're going to come back. You know, repeat customers are the best because they're consistent. And if you treat them great like VIPs and we do, we really go out of our way for people to come all, all over, even though we're, we're not a private club or a high end daily fee. But if you treat them great, they'll come back over and over and they'll spread word of mouth. And that's a very powerful thing. We really spend a lot of time doing that. And I, I kind of just refer to myself as I'm not a great golfer. My brother's a much better golfer than me. He's a little more hardcore than me in it, but I'm more of a golf enthusiast. I love getting out and playing. I love 
going to the 19th hole with my wife after a round and catching up. I like seeing friends. That's kind of, that's me. Don't expect any miracles or like Phil Mickelson performances since I'm a lefty. It probably wouldn't happen. <laughs> so, Do you have a humorous golf story that you'd like to share with us? Humorous story for me, with me? With anybody. I'm sure I mean, a lot has happened. <laughs> boy, that's an interesting question. That is, that is a thought. That is... Uh, I know you guys got so many listeners on your podcast here originally. <laughs> um, it's, uh, you know, the one story that sticks out, I don't know if it's interesting, but I was with a group of my my golf group that, you know, I was out there enjoying golf. It was maybe it was a, I can't remember the time of year, but we had a group of golfers out there with us. And I remember teeing off on hole number two. I know we have some incredible landscape, but Last time I checked, it didn't say rock climbing, you know, uh, area. And we had like rock climbers and we have a whole, and we're you hit over this like beautiful, I don't know the right uh, terrace. I mean, a beautiful area. And it's got, it's like a part of the Grand Canyon. And we had like, literally I'm looking at it and this guy's like climbing up the rock, <laughs> like thinking it's like exercise. Oh my gosh. And I was like, where did he miss the the no trespassing sign <laughs> on the middle is the ball is like going above his head and I'm sitting there just going, this is just uh, amazing. It's like, you know, first of all, he got on the course, then he thought it was, a, you know, he thought he was in a national park and uh, then he's dodging a golf ball. And it was just one of those moments. Um, I'd say the other time it was interesting is crazy story. I just, now you're getting me thinking. We had a meeting at Wolf Creek. We were in our general manager's office, which is attached to the club, the the golf shop. And I remember we're all sitting in there. And this is back in the early days of the golf course. And Joel Volanos was our general manager. And a guy named Rob Fuller who's now with Mesquite Hospital. Um, really good guy. I remember we're sitting there and we're all kind of about se seven or eight of us are huddle around. We're having a meeting and and we hear this like loud boom, 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 boom up the top. And we have this ladder that goes up to the roof. And I'm going, what in the heck is that? And I'm like, and it's again, boom, 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 boom. And so, I mean, of course, I wasn't going to go up and climb up the ladder. No way. Of course, being the really nice guy, I'm, I'm like, hey, Rob, go up and uh, <laughs> go up and go up and find out who's up there. So Rob climbs up the ladder and opens the roof and it's a parachuter that had oh bailed out on the top of our clubhouse. Oh my God. And he's tangled up and he's like, buddy, can you help? And I go, we got 20 more minutes in the meeting. Sit tight. I got to finish up a business meeting. <laughs> he was lucky. I, went, I was like, I'm glad you're alive, but you're interrupting our meeting. I don't know. Probably not the, you know, it's one of those things, but uh, he was fine afterwards, the parachuter. But uh, it was one of those stories where you go, wow, the guy bailed out on the top. Cause we, I'm sure, you know, we, we have great, you know, people do skydiving right next to Wolf Creek at the airport. So it's uh, that was an interesting day. So those would come to mind immediately off the top of my head. <laughs> those are great stories. <laughs> That's really good. If you could go back in time in the golf world, where would you go and why? Ooh, that's a good one. Where would I go in time? On one hand, I would, um, for me in the golf world, I was lucky enough to be in 2008, right before the video game was released, at Tiger Woods at Torrey Pines. And so, you know, I now, because that's going back, but I was, to me, outside of uh, in football, I was a young kid when Joe, I was at the catch. Um, Where are you? I, I was at the catch, Joe, Joe Montana, Dwight Clark. I was 10 years old. I was there. 
And that was incredible. But outside of that, this was the other greatest sporting event to see Tiger Woods do what he did. And I, my wife was just like, thought she was crazy on Sunday. She'd sat there and she goes eight in the morning. Deb was up at, uh, you know, getting 20, like literally right the perfect spot, like 15 rows or 16 rows sitting in the sun. And I go, I'm going to go walk the course. And I was like, boy, you're a real good husband. You're going to leave your wife there all day, like in the sun. And uh, <laughs> and she saved the spot, and then it got close. And Tiger's walking on, he, you know, he couldn't even walk. He could only walk on one leg, basically. And he's down, and he hits that shot, literally. I mean, we had the, my wife got the greatest seat ever. It was, like, right in front of, uh, the, the you know, the pin. And then we see that miraculous putt. Then he puts it into, over you know, against Rocco Immediate, and they go on. And, um, you know, the next day we didn't stay for the playoff. That was incredible. I'm trying to think of a golf event that I would like to be at that would be great, you know, that was uh, was amazing. I was trying to think, I mean, yeah, I, I would say uh, I would love to visit the – I've not been to Augusta. That's, I think, for me as a golfer, I would love to go to Augusta. I think that's my personal wish and bucket list course is to go to a go to a Masters. I think that would be special. I think there's something incredible about that, watching it on TV and just having an appreciation of what it takes to being in the golf business, golf industry to see a course that's so well maintained. Yeah, there's a lot of great moments in golf. I was just lucky enough, my wife and I in that day to be there and I thought one of the greatest moments in golf history to see what Tiger did on that run. I mean, that was incredible to be there live. I mean, I was just lucky. I mean, luck in the U.S. Open, then he wins it. It was great to be there watching him at the height. Mm -hmm. So he did a lot for the game. I mean, I think he still does. It's always great that he's back. And, uh, you know, Phil's great for the game. Jordan Spieth's been great for the game. There's just, uh, golf's got a lot of great personalities. You know, women's golf's getting more popular too. Great interest. And golf's just such a great game in so many ways. You know, just like I said, real feel I was a basketball player growing up, not much of a golfer, but, you know, wish I'd taken up the game earlier. Just fortunate enough to be in the golf industry and, and just love the golf industry. It's met so many great people. It's just been awesome. So, Corey, what's inspired you this week? Whew. Guys, ask good questions. You always have a good answer when you think about it and you walk out of these things. You go, man, I should have said this or that. It's like you're on the spot. I mean, it's, uh, you, I mean, I definitely don't have a canned answer, you know, for that. I'll tell you, since you brought up Ward Law earlier, one of my last practice sessions, I thought about, you know, it's, uh, I was lucky enough, my dad was a team dentist for the San Francisco 49ers. And growing up, he was, he was fortunate enough to be good friends with Bill Walsh. And I remember talking to our team. I put a quote up on the board that uh, was about from Bill Walsh, and it was talking about being, in essence, you know, to become a champion. It doesn't just start. Champions don't just become champions. They start in order to win. They start behaving like winners before they become champions. And, you know, I thought about like growing up a lot about great coaches like Bill Walsh, where his teams were really struggling, but the organization that he built in the 80s, uh, the San Francisco 49ers, everything they did was with class. And there are the players in that era to this day, even though now many of them are getting older and they're, you know, in the twilight, starting to hit their twilight of their lives, you know, the Ronnie Lotts, the Joe Montanas of that era, and those were great football teams in the, in the 80s. What I see is how much they contributed to their communities. And by giving back and signing autographs and being role models to kids, to me, thinking about the impact that Coach Walsh had on them, 
the message of everything you do before you become a winner, you got to act and behave like a winner in order to become a champion. You know, that's kind of, you can take that lesson in business and think about always that if you have success, there's somebody that, that's put you there, that's helped you get there. And it's important to remember that when you, not only, you know, when you're, when you're at, a, at a point where you're trying to work your way up, it's easy you remember those people, but when you get to the top or close to the top or there, it's oftentimes you, you see some people kind of forget that. And so it's important to always remember that, that those are part of being a champion is acting like a champion, giving back to your community. And when I, was, I saw that quote that he had, it just brought up a lot of inspirational things of what that group of, of people did because they played such a good role. They, they impacted so many people's lives and they brought, you know, I, we talk about sports, you have to have a basketball and coaching and I'm sure, you know, what I love about sports is, you know, when sports is used the right way, it's um, always such a great unifier. It brings people together from backgrounds that you you ordinarily wouldn't get to know in a lot of cases and that can be going to a sporting event like you you uh you know you could be rooting sitting set, next to somebody and high-fiving somebody that could be playing on a team you learn from someone's background that could be getting to know parents that could be different demographics different nationalities in cases um sport of soccer which i was a soccer agent for many years you know i saw a lot of uh people that were you know, met a lot of people, learned about a lot of things. But, you know, the inspiration of giving back the 49ers of the 80s, they really ignited a, a Northern California community. And so to me, this last week, I just put that on the board for my kids at Wardlaw to kind of say, you know, here's a team. I go, you guys need to remember that before we become good, we've got to act like we're good. And, you know, in some ways, there's parallels to Wolf Creek's success back in the beginning. You know, we had a lot of people that wouldn't, you know, when, when the course was struggling financially when we took over, there's a lot of people who wouldn't come out and work for a you know, town of 8,000 people and uh, want to work. But we had to act and be the first class and start changing the culture and what our expectations are and being a part of our organization and what that means. Yeah, I was inspired by Coach Walsh this week. That's a great answer. And as you're describing Coach Walsh, I'm thinking of you and your team at Wolf Creek. You guys seem yes. to be truly champions. Thank you. Absolutely. Talking with you today has been inspirational to me. With, you've done so much for the community, so much with the people who work at Wolf Creek, and I thank you for that. Linda, Steve, thank you for having me today, and obviously letting my incredible assistant who keeps me, uh, you know, especially when my wife's not here, she's got my schedule and make sure I'm in where I need to be. Morgan Abbott, who's doing a great job for us at Wolf Creek, too. So thank you for having us and uh, being a part of it. And your, your podcast has been a lot of fun. It just seems like a great show. So thank you. And thank you. Broadcasting from Mesquite, Nevada, in the scenic Mojave Desert, the Art Box sponsors thank you for listening. To find our next and past podcasts, find us online at mesquitefineartcenter.com, where all accompanying images and links are available on the Art Box page. Questions, comments, opinions, and concerns can be sent to artboxvv at gmail.com. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of its hosts and guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the Virgin Valley Artists Association. <laughs>